1: What up, world? Welcome and all to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SBNations blogging the boys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB, and from Right here as your humble host on The Ocho. It is Wednesday, May 27th, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, practicing social distancing, and uh, ready for a hump day edition of the Ocho, joined once again this week by the one and only the legend himself, my best best friend in the flesh, Papa Ocho, what is up?
2: My dude. Just here enjoying another day with you. It's been fun.
1: It has been fun. Um, It's uh, been uh, an interesting week so far. Nothing has happened. You know, like there's no gigantic cowboy storyline, but there's a lot of little things. It's kind of like, um, what is it called? Um, one of those boards with meat and cheese, you know what I'm talking about? Oh uh, uh, yeah, uh, like appetizer uh, board or something. Yeah, but it's like a couture, or you know what I'm thinking of. Um, I, I'm not, you know this uh well versed person in uh, meat and cheese board yeah but there's there's like a really there's a there's a fine name for it, but that works f- uh for the purposes of this It's been one of those like that's it's been a bite sized uh week for the cowboys um granted with the holiday on monday um you know it it is what it is the uh you know the Jamal adams storyline won't go away
2: i know that it's um you know something that keeps teasing everybody well so uh, you know, I, I, there, there's not a,
1: a big Jamal Adams thing's floating out, but I got, you know, get emails all the time with odds from different odds makers. Um, get a lot of them from Bet Online, our friends at Bet Online, and got an email from Bavada, uh the very well known Bavada. Uh, they have odds for where Jamal Adams will play. They, they have to, you know, put this in specific terms you know what i mean so it lands the odds for where jamal adams will play game one of the 2020 season now the new york jets are the favorite at minus 200 but the favorite non-jets team is guess who dallas cowboys that would be the dallas cowboys at plus 450. um i would have thought that the baltimore ravens would have been next Mm. on this list uh considering what gary myers told us on espn san antonio last friday Mm -hmm. But the Houston Texans at plus 550. I don't know that Bill O'Brien has anything left to trade. Uh, But, um, you know, the Seattle Seahawks at plus 1200. Maybe they miss Earl Thomas. The Philadelphia Eagles at plus 1,400. I think Cowboys fans would collapse if Jamal Adams, be- it, would, it would be like CeeDee Lamb becoming a Cowboy. You know what oh, I mean? yeah,
2: I know. That uh, would not be
1: a good day. Um, tied for, what is it, sixth on the list, I guess. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, Cleveland Browns, Miami Dolphins, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and San Francisco 49ers, all at plus 1,800. Just kind of, you know, guess that's all. Just, uh, you know, put a name in, in a hat and pull one out. The Ravens aren't even on the list. I know. It's I find it strange. I mean, but when when – because I tweeted out Gary's quote on on the Blitz, and every response I got was, how are they going to afford that? You know, they're going to devote that much capital to safety, you know, because they still have Earl Thomas. Um, so, you know, I mean, I'm not saying it makes the most sense in the world, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we had Jane Slater from NFL Network and the Boys and Girl podcast. You can hear Jane and Bobby Belt uh, all the time. They do a great job. We had her on the blog and the boys podcast feed on Tuesday. She was on the 750 with myself and two-time Super Bowl champion Tony Casillas. It was a fantastic conversation, one that I think you will greatly enjoy. Here is a snippet of that.
0: This offseason, they've made really calculated, smart moves to upgrade this roster. I mean, there were a lot of guys that they would pick up when the season started or, uh, you know, at the trade deadline. And you're like, OK, and so you're kind of they didn't get camp in or, you know, they're supposed to fill a void that you're already, you know, down the line with the season. I mean, they made some really calculated moves. And I've got to think a lot of guys are coming to Dallas now because of Mike McCarthy I have to wonder if guys avoided Dallas for a while because of Jason Garrett. I don't want to put it all on Jason Garrett, but I just feel like, you know, I had a couple of guys without saying too many names. I had a couple of free agents reach out to me and be like, Hey, can you just let somebody know that I'm interested? Can you float my number to somebody? I mean like players that I was really shocked wanted to come to Dallas all of a sudden. And I believe that that had a lot to do with the pieces that they finally have begun to put together with this team, but also having a guy like Mike McCarthy, uh, as the head coach
1: so you can hear jane again on the 750 just go back in your podcast feed make sure you subscribe to the blog and the boys podcast feed wherever you get your podcast that's apple devices spotify TuneIn radio stitcher later today you'll have a brand new episode of talking the star be like papa ocho he subscribes right don't don't you all the time. All the time. Uh, you even subscribe on, like, all your devices. Like, when you go to, like, the store, you go to all the, the iPhones that are there, and you go subscribe on there. You know what I mean? Like you just go to the
2: Sprint and AT&T store <laughs> every day to do that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, Jane, I don't want to say poo-pooed, um, but she, you know, she said that somebody uh, told her with regards to Jamal Adams the exact term fake news. Uh, so, you know, yeah. I, I just... I don't know that it has a lot of legs to it right now, but it's fun. You know, at the very least, it's fun. Um, Maybe it's not fun because I think for some people it's it's exhausting considering how close it kind of seems, but
2: it's probably not going to happen. You know what I mean? No, I know. And, you know, a lot of people's train of thought on that is, you know, focus on Dak and then worry about Jamal.
1: Right, um, so those are the odds for Jamal. Uh, I got a different email of odds on uh, what was that Tuesday, um, and this was from Bet Online. I mentioned our friends over there. Odds to win AP Coach of the Year. Now, I do think that Coach of the Year it's kind of like MVP in that, and people say this all the time. You you can make an argument that Bill Belichick has been coach of the year you know every year for the last two decades you know but then it becomes a well we don't want the same guy to win it there, there's a little bit of narrative that goes into it you know what I mean uh, but Bill Belichick tied for the best odds at twelve to one who do you think he's tied with?
2: Well, uh, I'm looking at the list. That's so you cheated, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, Bruce Arians. Interesting. I know that you know this. Um, from all the
1: times that we've talked, and yeah. I've, I've said it here and in, in other places, but I know we have some new listeners, and I just want to be on the record, and I'm fine if this take blows up in my face. I think that Bruce Arians is one of the most overrated head coaches in recent memory. People love to say he's a quarterback whisperer. These are the quarterbacks that Bruce Arians has gotten to work with. Ben Roethlisberger, first-round pick. And, oh, Peyton Manning before that, by the way, number one overall pick. Ben player again, first-round pick. Andrew Luck, number one overall pick. Um, after that, Carson Palmer, former Heisman Trophy winner and number one overall pick. Jameis Winston, former Heisman Trophy winner and number one overall pick. And now Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's like, oh, the dude, you know, he's so, he, he always has great successes with the quarterbacks. Maybe he just has incredible luck in terms
2: of the quarterbacks he's gotten to work with. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you were going to – you know, create or draft up a resume, um, you'd start right there, uh, you know, and these just kind of fell in his lap, so yeah, I mean, I, uh, I don't know how much of it is uh, overplayed on, on his behalf, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's certainly... Uh, a big advantage over most people he he just he's a cool guy you know what i
1: mean and he's he curses and you know he talks about like sipping whiskey you know what i mean and he's got the kangle hat and everything and he's he would be awesome like i hate him he was like he'd be a great guy to have a beer with like you know because that's such a cliche but he'd be a great dude to like go on a fishing trip with, you know, or like play a game of dominoes with, you know, like th- he would be Around cool. Golf. Yeah. You know, like yeah. A- any one of the cliches you want to come up with, he would be awesome for that. I'm not denying that, but I just, and I'm not even saying that I think he's a bad coach. I just don't think he's this, you know, whatever, like he's on this list simply because of Tom Brady. It, it, and that's a lot of the bucks, you know, in 2020, but it is what it is. But moving on to the important part, Mike McCarthy, is technically second because Bill and Bruce are both 12-to-1 odds. Mike McCarthy, 14-to-1 odds. That is pretty cool. That
2: is impressive, and uh, I think it, it certainly shows at least, uh, you know, the AP thinks of him, and I think a lot of people would be, uh, you know, echoing their thoughts as well. I mean, this is impressive.
1: I also think, you know, there are three awards that are really narrative-driven, not entirely, but – MVP is one of them because it's generally a quarterback for a team that's had success for, like, a visible franchise. Coach of the year is the other. And then comeback player of the year, right? Because comeback player of the year, you can make an argument, a strong one that Travis Frederick should have won that last year, right? Um, But, you know, there are different qualifications. Like, what is he even coming back from, et cetera? And I do think the narrative will help Mike McCarthy a lot, um, that he missed a year, you know, that he went from the Packers and the the public, you know, break up with Aaron Rodgers and then he joined the Cowboys. You know, like if, if the Cowboys, I think, even win the NFC East and, and do so with 10-11 wins outside of something just, you know, unless the Bucks went like 14-2 or something. I really think that
2: the narrative really, really pushes Mike McCarthy for this. No, for sure. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I think a lot of people feel that way. And it's interesting because when you compare uh, the gentleman that replaced him uh, he's way down the list,
1: Matt Lafleur. That's right. So, uh, and to be fair, they went thirteen and three last year, made it to the NFC Championship game. The Green Bay Packers did, but Matt Lafleur, thirty to one odds, tied with Matt Nagy. All the Mats are kind of congregated. Uh, Matt Patricia and Matt Rule both thirty three to one odds. That's pretty nice. No- I mean, you're talking four coaches, a whole eighth of the NFL, led by Mats. Um, how many quarterbacks? Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford. Um, I think that's it. Uh, well, I'm talking starters, but yeah, oh. uh, <laughs> okay. uh, there's a lot of mats and Detroit has a Matt head coach and a Matt quarterback. That's, you know, um, pretty, pretty, w- whatever. But anyway, uh, so the last uh, kind of odds based thing, not really odds based, but uh, every year ESPN does their football power index. And um, this is because people love to look at like strength of schedule and and say oh you know so and so has the whatever easiest or hardest schedule and it's it's typically only based on the previous season's win-loss results and that's not the most exact way to do it because you know like Mm. the Dolphins' strength of schedule is incredibly muddied by that based on the fact that you know the patriots are playing in 2020 are not the patriots of 2019 um but so espn's fpi Calculates a variety of things, including Vegas's win, you know, projections and things like that. And so ESPN's FPI has calculated uh, from one to 32 the likelihood of each team winning the Super Bowl. Uh, the most likely team, the Kansas City Chiefs, big shocker. Uh, number two, the aforementioned Baltimore Ravens. Maybe they do it without Jamal Adams. Who knows? Number three, the New Orleans Saints. Number four, last year's NFC champions, the San Francisco 49ers. And number five, a team that did not even make the playoffs last year, the Dallas Cowboys. And the question I put to you is, is all. I, so I wrote about this, and this article will go out on Wednesday, probably about mid afternoon. And uh, when I, when, you know, a little bit peek behind the curtain here, when we write an article at boys.com, we write the tweet that goes along with it, you know, we kind of, whatever. And the tweet I wrote for was something to the effect of all of this hype around the Cowboys is a little bit terrifying. And do you feel that way at all? Like, do you feel kind of like, hey, stop, stop all the anointing right now?
2: Oh, no. I. Uh, oh, you're I, like, embelli- like embrace it. I embrace it, it. yeah. I, I think it's uh, – deserve it. I think, uh, you know, there's a, a lot to be made out of it. I think it's uh, worthy. I think, you know, if you put uh, – if you add all these things that we just looked at right now with, uh, you know, McCarthy being, uh, you know, one of the the high contenders for uh, coach of the year and you look at the cowboys and you look at uh you know uh, i think last week or the week before you had something on the, the odds of dak winning mvp right yeah so you you know you add all the numbers up you add all the components and so yeah this is you know just aligned with the rest of the stars no pun intended that uh you know are, are looking at this team to be elite this year
0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. What's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13.
1: Um, people might come for us on Twitter after this question. After we answer the question I'm about to ask you. Of those five teams, the Chiefs, Ravens, Saints, Niners, and Cowboys, Dak
2: Prescott is the what best quarterback of those five
1: in in the year
2: 2020? Yeah. Um, I do think that uh, Mahomes and, and Lamar, Lamar. Yeah, they're they're ahead. There's no yeah, doubt about that. They're ahead. And uh, I think uh, Dak certainly uh, is above Garoppolo. Right. And um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, just given Bree's uh, point, because Brees is on on the downside of his career, right? Yeah, he's there's, over there's, the hump. Yeah, there's and, no doubt uh, that so, he's a yeah. Hall of Famer and so all I that. I put yeah.
1: him. I put him a number three, Dak. Yeah, I agree with you. I I agree yeah. that a, of of those five, Dak is the third best quarterback. I think you know there's it's Pat Mahomes, then yeah. then a gap, then a, Lamar, though, a huge right, gap, then, A distant then, second, then then Lamar Jackson, and then another not as quite a large of a gap, but still a gap. Then yeah. Dak, then a very small gap, then Drew Brees, then a bit of a bigger gap, and then Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I would structure it. That's, and you know, I mean, if if you think there's data to support that Dak is a top six or seven quarterback, um, you know, even if you just count him in the top ten, I think it's fair to assume Mike McCarthy might be a top ten head coach. You know, the Cowboys have a top, what, three running back, a top two wide receiver trio a top three offensive line there's no to your point there's no reason why this offense shouldn't be among the very best in the NFL uh, right. in
2: 2020 yeah uh, and, and I think we talked the other day I mean they're gonna be in some shootouts but they have the and that's the, what they're built to do that they have the ammunition to do that so you know they better um you know they'll go in there and they'll put up some points
1: so something that I wrote a little bit after the draft um, was when the Cowboys were in 11 personnel, I, you know, I was wondering who their weakest starter is. So 11 personnel is three wide receivers. So you got Dak, Zeke, your offensive line, Amari, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, and Blake Jarwin. Now, for this conversation, we'll assume Joe Looney
2: is the starter at center. Who's the, who's the weakest starter of those 11 players? Well, I think just based on experience or lack of, you know, for this example, probably Jarwin. That the my my argument was it's either there were were
1: three players and it was Joe Looney. Conor Williams or Blake Jarwin. And there's a great argument that Blake Jarwin is the answer. Just to your point, you know, he's got the least amount of experience as a starter relative to his position like everybody else.
2: Yeah, and it's odd because CD doesn't have any experience, but just, you know, the the mega superstar that he is, you know, gives him uh, the experience by default.
1: Well, and CD's, you know... CD benefits from and so does Blake but CD benefits greatly from Amari and Michael Gallup. Oh sure. And so, you know, that those rising tides lift his boat and you know so on and so forth. But uh, Blake uh, Blake Jarwin did an interview with DallasCowboys.com and he talked about a variety of things and he actually was asked about being the starting tight end and how he feels about that and here is what he said.
0: I'm grateful for sure. Uh, that they believe in me to kind of be the future of the tight end position here Uh, you know it's my job to now not ever be content with that I can't just say I got a good deal I'm good now I can coast Uh, that's definitely not been my approach so far and it won't be my approach going in the future Uh, now I got to push myself even harder and prove myself every single day that I deserve what they gave me and uh, like I said uh, I'm grateful but uh, also you know excited for the opportunities that beholds with that.
1: So, Blake Jarwin is pretty pumped to be the Cowboys starting tight end. Uh, Very grateful that the Joneses believe in him. Um, I I think – I don't think this is, like, shocking, but he is unquestionably an upgrade from Jason Witten in the respect that he is, at the very least, mildly athletic.
2: Yes, exactly. And, um, you know, we all, uh, you know, admire Jason Witten beyond words. But, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Blake brings uh, just a a sense of enthusiasm, a sense of energy, and, uh, you know, he gets open. He gets open and, and, you know, does some yards after the catch running Mm -hmm. with the ball. And, and, you know, that's something that, you know, Witten wasn't doing in his later years. How weird do you think it'll be to see Witten in the,
1: the silver and black? Oh, because Blake was asked about that. Go listen to that whole interview. It's on all the Cowboys social channels. Uh, but he was asked, to, and he said that Witten reached out. But that is
2: that it will look so awkward. It will look very weird. Yeah, I mean, I I just don't even know how much he will embrace it. I know he, you know, he's gonna give. That's the way he's wired. I mean, he'll play his heart out. But you know, it's just it's just odd. To just be very odd. It would be for me, I think. You know, so I'm just thinking. You know, it's going to be odd for him, but we'll see how he does. We wish him well.
1: It has the feel to me of like, you know, when you are like Mm -hmm. on a trip or something that you're ready to be over and but you still have like two days left. and You're like, whatever. I'm I'm in this hotel room. I'm living out of my suitcase. The meals I'm going to eat are not what I really want. You know what I mean? Like it just kind of feels like that. Um, last thing uh, for today's kind of headlines. Uh, well, you know, this is just a show of headlines, but uh, we did not get to this earlier in the week, but David Robinson, the renowned wide receivers coach, uh, a different David Robinson, had his own time in the silver and black, uh, but the wide receivers coach, David Robinson, was on Monday's episode of Girls Talking Boys with Kelsey and Meg, and he said something very interesting about John Kitna, and here is exactly what he said.
0: Yeah, Dak, yeah they, they look they look in great shape, actually. I mean, I know that they're working out. Dak, I mean, he has his own. He's still working out with uh, John Kitna, I believe, who used to be the Cowboys uh, QB coach. Him and Kitna, they, they work out a lot together, um, often throughout the week. And um, he looks in great shape, him and Z.
1: So, John Kitna, former Dallas Cowboys quarterbacks coach, um, former Slayer of the 2006 Cowboys, by the way, as a member mm-hmm. of the Detroit Lions. Uh, John Kitna is... Now, coaching high school football. His son, by the way, committed on uh, Tuesday, uh, headed to the University of Florida, so congratulations to him. But um, he's working with Dak Prescott,
2: and I think that th- that's really cool. You found it a little weird, though. I did. Um, the fact that he wasn't kept on uh, as part of the coaching staff, but yet, you know, is, is just has, I think, probably a lot of respect and admiration for Dak and, you know, sees a lot of potential. And, you know, just being linked to him in any way, shape, or form, I think uh, is good for John Kitna as well as for Dak. So there are a lot of great people in Cowboys' Twitter, and it's a fun place. Uh,
1: shout out to Mike White, not the former Cowboys quarterback, um, who wore number three, just like John Kitna did for the Cowboys, but uh, on Twitter at not to be trite. And Mike um, sort of birthed the idea in my mind that John Kitna not being part of the Cowboys' coaching staff theoretically allows him more time to work with Dak because there are limitations. Uh, and obviously right now, you know, the world is its own different place. I'm talking just generally, general NFL offseason, gener- general NFL time during normal weeks. Uh, but there are limitations on how much, you know, coaches can work with players, how much they can talk to players, how much they can interact, et cetera. And so if John Kitna is this like independent contractor, you know what I mean? He's just, you know, this guy that Dak likes, that could work with him every day. You know what I mean? Like, like one, you know, just like David Robinson's this renowned wide receivers coach. That is, I, I don't, I'm not gonna give the situation, you know, the conspiracy theory level of like it was intentional. But that is really, really maybe a a nice happenstance of Kitna not being retained on the coaching staff.
2: Yeah, I, I was gonna ask, uh, do you think any part of that was strategic? But you that, already said that, so no. I mean, we won't go there. But that yeah. would be
1: amazing, if, if it was. I mean, it's certainly possible, you know, because John Kidno was coaching high school football before, you know, people forget he joined the Alliance of American Football, uh, the San Diego Fleet, before he joined the Cowboys coaching staff under Jason Garrett. And so, you know, maybe it was this, dude, we really love you working with Dak. We want that to be the focus, et cetera. And he's like, dude, you know what, I'm, I miss Friday nights, you know
2: what I mean? Like, and what if we did this? You know, like, that, there's, that is definitely possible. Yeah, I mean, I I can see it. And and again, you you sold me when you said that, um, you know, none of the NFL rules, coaching rules uh, apply under this circumstance. So, you know, that's a a very strong mentor for for, uh, Dak. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm happy about that. I'm glad to see that.
1: I wrote about this subject too as well. Uh, That'll be out Wednesday at BTV. But I went back and embedded an old tweet of mine uh, when Dak was on the Cowboys happy hour way back in the fall uh, with Taylor Stern and Brad Sham. And he told a story about John Kitna and kind of the philosophy and disposition that Kitna, um, you know, kind of brings or, or sort of taught Dak as a, as a pastor in 2019, which was obviously Dak's most successful, you know, individual season statistically. And I think, I remember you and I talking about this, but maybe this will jog your memory. The the analogy is that John Kitna would tell Dak that, you know, it's like they're in line at Golden Corral and, you know, the, the prime rib, I think it was prime rib, is at the end of the line and you're in line, you know, like the Golden Corral buffet line, right? And Dak was saying we we want the prime rib, but just because we want the prime rib we're not going to pass the chicken fried steak that's right next to us in line right here. We'll get the prime rib at the end, but for now, let's take this and, and let's eat that. And I think that— Let the line go down. Right. Well, and, and not only let the line, but if we're going to be in line anyway, you know, let's just add it to the plate. You know what I mean? And I think that we've seen that, I, that philosophy really bleed over into the way Dak Prescott plays quarterback, and that's the type of quarterback that I want on my team.
2: No, absolutely. I mean, and and the whole uh, you know analogy is is so well founded, and uh, you know it's a good uh, dose of humility to you know let's let's do what we can, let's take what we can, you know. We yeah, we're we're shooting for the stars, but you know. But but don't don't bank on prime rib. Yeah, don't yeah, exactly. You know, don't uh, you know pass this up on your way there. Right, and I think that that's a lot of the way
1: Jason Garrett coached. You know, like, it's, it's fine to want prime rib. Like, that makes sense that you would want prime rib. But there's a lot in the line on the way there. Yeah. Um, and yeah. You, should, you should take advantage of it. So that was really cool to see. You can go back and listen to uh, that episode of Girls Talking Boys in your one and only Blog on the Boys podcast feed. Again, later today, you will have a new episode of Talking the Star. Tomorrow, you'll get the Ocho again and then Broadcasting the Boys. Seriously, why would anybody not subscribe to the Blog on the Boys podcast feed? Well, unless you're an Eagles fan. That's a good point. Uh, if, you're, <laughs> if you're an Eagles fan, then subscribe to BGN Radio because those guys work hard, too. But uh, Blog of right. the Boys' is podcast feed is in fuego. We appreciate everybody for, uh, for subscribing, for rating, reviewing. Those things help a lot. Uh, have a great hump day. And, uh, you know, have actually the best Wednesday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends, as always. Go Cowboys. And peace out.